0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic. Common sense. Compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're starting the week off starting the shit show, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Before we get to some of that stuff, I want to check in with some emails that I've gotten in the last couple of days. Always enjoy hearing from folks, and you can send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, go to Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail. Well, I had four such people leave emails, so uh, let's get to them. This first one comes from a woman by the name of Christina. She says, Hi, Mike. This is Jim from Rochester, New York's daughter, with a catchphrase for Marjorie Taylor Greene. You had to do this to me, didn't you, Christina? Now, these catchphrases or hashtags or whatever, I have problems repeating these. Now, you know me. I swear at the drop of a hat, I will say virtually anything. I call trumplicans Trumplifucks. So what could possibly give me pause? <laughs> well, in these two cases, Miss Christina drives a 944. That's a different story. Anyway, Miss Christina um, uses a word, uh, the, the, the C word. You know, the C word, see you next Tuesday. Now, I'm not saying I've never said that word or I even have a problem saying that word. I just look at them as words, not a big deal to me. However, it is a trigger for my wife. If I were to say that in front of her, she would get triggered. Now, in addition to that, there's a lot of women in my audience here with the Rational Boomer podcast, and I don't know if that word would trigger them. I have no idea. Now, if I was on TikTok and I had a bunch of different people watching, that'd be a different story. But everybody here is kind of friends, kind of family. And since I don't know everybody who's listening, I don't want to risk triggering them. But this is what she suggests. She suggests, Republa, see you next Tuesday. (laughs) Or see you next Tuesday, (laughs) Servative. Now, Christina, I will tell you, I like them. (laughs) I like them. And in certain circumstances, I'd be happy to use them. But sitting in my house with my wife in the next room sleeping, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, she scares me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, she does kind of scare me. But no, out of out of respect to her and out of respect to the people in the audience, not knowing what they'd say. And then they say, well, you say the F word. Yeah, I say the F word, but it's not pointed at any one group. You know, I don't say the N word either for obvious reasons. I'm not going to call up a specific group of people and use a name that is offensive to them. Except Trumplefox. That's a different story. They deserve it and that's my one my one exception to that rule. So Christina, thank you. Say hi to your dad, Jim from Rochester, New York. I appreciate it. <laughs> Those are good suggestions. Under these circumstances, I just don't feel well about repeating it. All right. The next one comes to us from Rebecca, another woman. Hi, Mike. I first discovered you on TikTok and have been listening to your podcast for several weeks now. I'm enjoying it very much. You're very direct, but still give me some hope. I was never interested in politics until Trump uh, and ended up watching CNN and MSNBC every evening. It was a crash course in civics for sure. Since Biden was elected, I've had to turn it off again because the republic Ladies, come on. Come on now. Republic Are you do you know Christina? <laughs> Republica see you next Tuesday. Imagine that the ladies are coming up with this stuff. Have lost their ever-loving collective minds. I've always been of the belief, live and let live, but I'm done. These motherfuckers cannot be in control again, and I couldn't agree with you more. Anyway, I'm kind of all over the place with questions, so I apologize. I was hoping the feds would go after Kyle Rittenhouse, but it doesn't look that way. Any thoughts? I agree. They aren't going to do jack shit to Kyle Rittenhouse. Curious about boomers and Gen X. I'm definitely a boomer at 66 years old, but do not identify with them at all. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. We're kind of on the uh, younger end of the boomers, so we might have some Gen X in us too. But I don't always put classifications on age groups, it's like putting classifications on races or racists or races or. Um, you know, religions and that sort of thing. You can't generalize about any group of people any more than you can with boomers or Gen Xers or millennials. Um, So one of the points of doing the Rational Boomer podcast, Rebecca, was to identify and bring together people of a like mind, people who are the boomer age, like you, like me, like many of the folks listening to the rational boomer podcast and prove that there are some normal decent people in the boomer group what about matt gates how can he still hold office it's like the republicans can do whatever they want if you or i pulled half the shit some of them some of them do we'd be in jail including trump I'm frustrated and wanted to let you know you're helping me cope. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep up the good work, Rebecca. Well, the reason why Matt Gates is still in office is because the Republicans don't give a shit. They are protecting people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Matt Gates, and the like. They know if they own up to their crimes that that will weaken the party. And, of course, the only thing they care about is winning elections and owning Democrats. So that's why. It's because the Republicans aren't doing the job. Republicans aren't owning up to their problem members and not treating them right. I mean, I think about, I think about Al Franken, for example, from the Democratic Party. Now, he went through some shit. It might have been sexual harassment or whatever. They showed a picture of him allegedly groping a woman when, in fact, he wasn't groping her. It was a joke picture, and he was standing a ways away from her. It's just the way the picture showed it. But people were so upset about it, especially Democrats, that they forced him out of office. And now since that time, we've seen so many things that are far worse than these people get to hold office. I feel sorry for Al Franken. He should never have been pushed out of office given all these other bad situations. Now, I'm not saying that Al Franken didn't do something wrong. He did. But compared to these other motherfuckers that don't even get touched, yeah, it's not fair. All right, the next one. This one comes from Jennifer. We've got three women and one men on these emails. Good to hear. Because according to my demographics on the podcast, it says more men than women listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. I'd like to even that out if I could. Anyway, Jennifer says, okay, so I'm on a cruise and I, in in quotations, had to get the expensive internet package so I could listen to your podcast and not miss anything. Jennifer, I appreciate that, making the extra expenditure. But honey, these things are... (laughs) These things are posted. You could have got them when you came back. <laughs> no, I appreciate it very much. I honestly do. I, I I love that you listen, and I appreciate it immensely. And then she threw in some hashtags, and these are clean ones, uh, good ones. Hashtag obsessed with your podcast. Hashtag I don't stalk. <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag no worries. I just love your info. Hashtag, anti trumplican Hashtag, keep on telling the truth. Hashtag, pediatric Nen P. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner and my grandmother's name is Nen Nen. Jennifer. All right, Jennifer, thank you very much. You really didn't have to go to that extra expenditure, but I appreciate the fact that you did, and and, uh, I hope you have a great trip, a great, uh, great cruise. I've always wanted to go on a cruise, and when my kids were young, my wife refused. She refused to go on a cruise. Now, she'd like a cruise, but the reason she didn't want to go on a cruise is because she was convinced that my youngest son, Max, would somehow fall off the boat into the ocean. I explained to her that that's not likely and very difficult to do, but she wasn't having it. We're not going on a cruise. We'll take a car trip or go on a plane, but not on a fucking boat. Now that my kids are grown up and they aren't traveling with us, hopefully I can convince her to go on a cruise. But, you know, hard th- long thoughts are hard to get past, but I'll work on her. We'll give it a try. Now, this one comes from Bill from Oregon. Uh, he says, "Hello, dude. A long-time listener, first-time writer. Now, I don't want to sound entitled or special, but I have been a listener from episode one. I guess that makes me a super fan. I guess it would. I definitely guess it would. Of course, I'm kidding, but it ties into why I'm writing. I made it 227 episodes before deciding to write in." I've been waiting for the right podcast to respond to, and yesterday's was the one. On Sunday night, when scrolling the late-night feed on my Twitter account, all of a sudden I was bombarded with news and clips of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock live on TV. My initial reaction was in the line of, he must have said something horrific to provoke that response. But upon further investigation, I found Chris made a joke regarding Jada Jada Smith's hair loss. When learning that, I thought, that's it? How could such a lighthearted comment provoke an assault on live TV? As the night continued, I saw tweets from celebrities and personalities pontificating about whose side to be on and who was right and who was wrong. For the life of me, I cannot understand how anyone cares about these people so deeply. They put their gitch on, I'm not sure what gitch is, but they put their gitch on one leg at a time like the rest of us do. They aren't special just because they're rich. To be picking sides with these people as if they'd remember one of our names is ridiculous. How you spoke of the situation in yesterday's show really showed me that uh, You are down to earth and in tune with the regular American, and for that, I thank you. Love the show, and will continue to download each episode you produce. Bill from Oregon. All right, thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate the kind words and the uh, support. I wasn't really going to talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock on this show. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Throughout the day, it's been uh, done to fucking death to be perfectly honest. And uh, I'm kind of offended by how much attention this is getting. And the reason I'm offended by it is because everybody's attention is focused on this salacious act. When there's so many more important things we should be addressing. We've got the war in Ukraine. We've got innocent women and children being killed every day as we speak. We had... People in all three branches of our government trying to overthrow our government. We had kids pulled out of poverty, 50% of kids pulled out of poverty, and then thrown back in by the likes of Joe Manchin, Christian cinema, and the Republicans. Those are far more important than what two stars do on a fucking TV program. And all the attention that goes to them takes away the attention from the important things in our world and in our country. And that's what I find offensive. The other thing I wanted to mention, and I don't know if this is going to trigger anybody or not, but I was offended by this too. When I did the TikTok about it, I only did one, then I did a second one to clarify something. But when I did it, every so often I would get a, um, a black follower coming in and saying, You're a white guy. You should just stay out of this. You don't understand. And I took offense to that because I didn't look at this whole situation as a racial thing at all. Race didn't come into play in this at all. Happened to be two black men and a black woman. It happened to be entertainers, wealthy stars acting badly in front of the public in front of a worldwide television audience. Race doesn't have anything to do with. And they were suggesting that Will Smith had this great concern over somebody insulting his wife. Well, you don't think a white guy has the same concerns about somebody insulting his wife? If you don't think so, you don't understand the the human psychology This isn't about black, white, this isn't about religion, this isn't about uh, sexual orientation. This is just two people who got in an altercation, one person who was over on the side who was the impetus for this altercation, and that's it. This isn't a racial thing. It never was a racial thing, and for you to make it a racial thing just perpetuates this whole separation between people of different types. Different colors, different races, or different uh, religions. I don't want to do that. That's what this was not. What that's about, and I I I don't get that premise, and I don't ascribe to it. Anyway, enough about that. That's been done to death. I don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. Let's talk about some other stuff. The Department of Justice and the House Select Committee. The House Select Committee announced two more people that are being referred to the Department of Justice for criminal contempt. These are people who were subpoenaed to come testify in front of the House Select Committee and chose not to. Well, now they have uh, referred them to the Department of Justice to be investigated and uh, indicted for criminal contempt. First one is former Trump trade advisor, Peter Navarro. If you've ever seen him on TV, he's an arrogant, narcissistic piece of shit, QAnon-quoting, fucking conspiracy theorist motherfucker. That's who he is. And he refused to testify. The other one is a former Trump deputy chief of staff, Dan Scavino. He was right under Mark Meadows. He's been referred to to the Department of Justice for Criminal Contempt. Now, just to remind you, there are two others that have been referred to the Department of Justice. There is former Chief of Staff under Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, and former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. So we have four men that have been uh, referred to the Department of Justice for criminal contempt. Now, it's up to the Department of Justice as to what will be done. Presumably, they will be prosecuted. Potential sentences, maximum sentences for this kind of crime are a $100,000 fine and a year in jail. First, we have to wonder, will they be prosecuted? And if they are prosecuted, will they be convicted? And if they are convicted, will they give get the maximum sentence? We don't know any of that. It's up to the DOJ now, and we have to watch and see what they do. Now, we're also hearing that Jared Kushner is expected to appear before the House Select Committee this week on Thursday. So that will be interesting. Will he claim privilege or will he um, plead the fifth on everything? Who the fuck knows? Jared Kushner reminds me of a guy who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and in fact is not. So he may talk at that uh, hearing, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, the House Select Committee has also asked Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, uh, to show up uh, at the House Select Committee hearing to be interviewed and questioned. Now, if you don't know who Jenny Thomas is, she is, of course, as I said, the wife of Fr- Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, she's a QAnon freak, conspiracy theorist, and just a fucking nutcase. If she refuses to show or claim privilege, she has a problem. See, she's nobody. She didn't work for Trump. There is no protection for her. And uh, if she does not come, of course, she will be charged with criminal contempt from the DOJ. This is a very weird situation with Ginny Thomas. She was a big player in this insurrection, even though she had no official title which tells you she was playing off the power and the clout she has from being married to a Supreme Court justice, which would suggest that the Supreme Court justice has a hand in this sort of thing. And when you think the Supreme Court justice has a hand in what his wife is doing and his wife is trying to overthrow the government, well, that's a big fucking problem, as I've stated before. I'm hoping, as I said yesterday, that the Supreme Court addresses this situation. They really need to. They're very concerned about their standing and the perception people have in this country. The perception of the Supreme Court now is not very good. People aren't sure about the Supreme Court, and that's a problem. This is the highest court in the land. It should be above reproach, but at this point, given who's on the Supreme Court and some of the things they've done, They aren't above reproach. They are questionable at best. And the Supreme Court should want to do everything they can do to rehabilitate their image. But will they do that? Keep in mind, we have six Republicans on the Supreme Court. These are people known for gaslighting. These are people known for spouting uh, conspiracy theories and QAnon quotes. Even though they try to seem above it, They are tied to those people that do those sorts of things. So in my mind, they are culpable. Even though they don't quote QAnon, they're being supported by people who do. So by association, they're guilty. They're being influenced and supported by some of the craziest fucking people in this country. And they are on our Supreme Court. And they're worried that we're worried about the veracity of the Supreme Court. Well, we have every reason to be worried based on the way they do things and the fact that they make partisan decisions. When you're on the Supreme Court, you make choices based on the law. Partisanship shouldn't come into play at all. We know that. They know that. But they still do it. Because they think they're above it all. They think they can do whatever they want now that they have these lifetime jobs. Well, we can't have that on the Supreme Court. And somebody like Jenny Thomas, who is doing the things she's doing. Now, this woman is asked to speak in front of the House Select Committee. But make no mistake, this woman could very well be indicted for this insurrection. It's taking a long time with the House Select Committee, but they're setting this up very well. She is as culpable as anybody in that insurrection. She said she had nothing to do with what, we, but we now find out she was in the thick of it. She was part of the fundraising. She was part of the planning. And the weird thing about this was the stories you hear. Again, she never worked for Donald Trump. She held no political office. But somehow, on a regular basis, she would enter the White House and command a meeting about the insurrection, essentially. They didn't call it that then, but she would go in, pull these people around a table, and she would tell them various strategies and information about this insurrection. How does a woman, a nobody, able to do that sort of thing? And that's why they were very concerned about getting these uh, visitor logs from the White House you're going to find that Jenny Thomas entered the White House a number of times leading up to January 6th. That's not going to help her case at all. She's already appears to be guilty of many things, but when they find out that she's been in the White House and carried on these meetings, she may be one of the ringleaders of this insurrection. And if that's the case, The fact that she's married to a Supreme Court justice is a very, very big problem. That means our highest court in the land is tainted, is perverted, and we have to do something about it if we hope to maintain our democracy. Without that third branch of government, we've got all kinds of fucking problems. And right now, I would say, with Clarence Thomas in the Supreme Court, we've got some serious problems. Of course, we got uh, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Berry. They aren't a lot better at this point. But we got to focus on the big problem, and that is Clarence Thomas. For all intents and purposes, he needs to go. How that happens, I don't know. I don't fucking care, but he's got to go. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. So here's another important story by way of the House Select Committee. You may remember John Eastman. He is a QAnon crazy attorney who was also the architect of the coup on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. So the House Select Committee wanted to see his emails. He had interactions with the White House. To be specific, they want 101 of his emails. They are correspondence with the White House in and around January 6th. So, given that he was the architect of the coup, uh, clearly they want to get some information from John Eastman. They want those emails. Well, of course, John Eastman doesn't want to release the emails. He claims he has privilege, client-lawyer uh, privilege. So, the House Select Committee sent it to a federal court to let a judge decide if the emails will be released Now, the thing about this submission is that um, if the judge finds for the House Select Committee, he must also find that Donald Trump himself more than likely was guilty of obstruction. So that's kind of big news. That's very big news for a judge to step forward and say something like that. That could shake the world up a little bit. Well, that judge did fine for the House Select Committee and found that the emails must be released and that Donald Trump and John Eastman were more than likely guilty of obstruction of the 2020 election. That's a big deal. This is the first judge to say Donald Trump is probably guilty of something. Now, this judge can't prosecute Trump. The House Select Committee can't prosecute Trump. But it gives the House Select Committee ammunition to ultimately refer Donald Trump to the DOJ for his crimes. And you can kind of expect that that's what they'll do ultimately. I mean, they've interviewed over eight or 900 different people. They've gathered all kinds of information. They got all the documents from the National Archives. They know what the fuck is going on here. And now that they have a judge saying that Donald Trump was more than likely guilty, you can bet that at some point we're going to be able to see a referral from the House Select Committee to the DOJ for Donald Trump. Now, what they'll do with it at the DOJ, we don't know, but we've got to take this a step at a time. Finally, a judge has said, yeah, he might be guilty. Well, that's a good first step. You throw that in with all the other evidence that uh, the House Select Committee has gathered, the upcoming televised hearings, well, it's going to get ugly for Donald Trump, all his little trump la fucks around him, and other people who were involved in the insurrection. So the House Select Committee is doing what they do. And it may not seem like as much for you now because a lot of it is done behind behind uh, closed doors. But the hearings are going to be televised soon. And that's when the shit will come off the roof. It'll blow the fucking roof off. In fact, Jamie Raskin said as much. And then there's going to be a lot of things going to the DOJ i got a lot of people out there that say, yeah, but the DOJ is not doing anything. Merrick Garland's weak. He's not doing anything. Well, you may be right about that. I don't think you are. Investigations, they try to keep them quiet. Why give away information to people who might be prosecuted? You don't do that. But still, we don't know if anything is going on. But wait a minute. We just heard the Department of Justice the Department of Justice just added 130 attorneys. They hired 130 attorneys at the Department of Justice. Now, why do you suppose they're doing that? Because they're going to be busy, motherfuckers, uh, investigating, indicting, and prosecuting a lot of people. Now, Donald Trump is likely to be indicted and maybe prosecuted. But moreover, there's all the people around him, all the people in the administration, the Jared Kushners, the John Eastmans, the Mark Meadows, all these people around him, not to mention the people in Congress, Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, what have you. There's going to be a lot of investigations if they're not already started. There's going to be a lot of indictments, and there's going to be a lot of prosecutions, and there's going to be a lot of people found guilty. Now, if you're old like me, you will remember the Watergate hearings. Now, of course, Richard Nixon got away free and clear. He resigned, and then he was pardoned by Gerald Ford. But if you remember, a lot of people around him, attorney general, advisors, those sorts of things, they ended up in jail, maybe for a long time, maybe for a short time. But make no mistake, they ended up in jail. Fact of the matter is, when it comes down to it, there'll be a lot of folks tied to Donald Trump that go to jail, and they will be surprised as hell. Now, Donald Trump is likely to be indicted. Donald Trump is likely to be prosecuted. I don't expect to see Donald Trump go to jail. But as I've said before, as long as they destroy him, take away all his power and money, and he's left penniless and powerless, I'll be happy with that. There's a lot of problems with sending a president to jail, a former president to jail. I mean, think about this. He's got uh, Secret Service around him trying to protect him. What are they going to do? Put him in jail and then also put the Secret Service in jail? (laughs) I one time said, you know, you can't really take the Secret Service and put them in jail, too. They didn't do anything wrong, but somebody's got to protect the president. So maybe we farm this out to the white supremacists in jail. They'll take care of Donald Trump, among other things. But I don't honestly expect to see him go to jail. It's just too unprecedented. And there are too many problems with doing that. So I don't expect to see him going to jail. All right, let's talk about a real president. Um, We're talking about, uh, let me see here, Joe Biden, a current president. Now, Joe Biden just proposed a higher tax on anyone making over $100 million per year. Now, that's not a lot of people, but it's a lot of money, and these people aren't being taxed fairly or commensurate with what we get taxed. Now, the ultra-rich, it's said, on average, pay about 8% on their income, while average middle-income people pay more than double, maybe even triple that amount. That's hardly fair. I mean, think about how much money is left on the table because the ultra-rich are essentially not taxed. Now, you have to understand the rich have ways of uh, deferring their income. They can borrow against their investments. So this isn't taxed because they are, in fact, loans. They are hiding their money in plain sight. They are exploiting a huge legal loophole. I mean, that's the the important thing you have to understand. They're not doing anything illegal. It's just the way the system is set up. But, of course, who set it up? People that are rich and powerful and people in Congress and in the Senate who are helping the rich and powerful because they get money. So as much as these people aren't paying much in the way of taxes, they're not doing anything illegal. The system is just fucked. So we have to look at a way of changing the system. And that's what Joe Biden is proposing. What he's proposing is that everybody making over $100 million will pay a flat 20% tax. 20% on everything. Now, it's impossible to do an income tax because, as I said, they defer the way they get their money. It's in a bank account or an investment. They go and say, look, I'd like to borrow $5 million based on this em- uh, on this investment as collateral. Give me the money. So now they got $5 million to sp- spend free and clear, and they don't have to pay taxes on it because it's a fucking loan. See what I mean? They've got these loopholes and ways to get around it. It's not illegal, but they are loopholes that they shouldn't have. But nobody's bitching about it because they're rich and powerful and they're saving tons of money. What Joe Biden is suggesting is close that loophole, make them pay their fair share. And that seems reasonable, doesn't it? It'll be interesting to see how they get this thing voted on. They have to go through Congress and Senate. And you would think, based on experience, based on history in the last five years, that the Republicans, of course, would Vote against it just to own the Democrats. But they got a problem here with that, you understand? There's a problem with that because the people who are being taxed are the ultra-rich, $100 million and above, all the way to fucking billionaires. Those are the ones that are getting taxed. Now, the Republicans, the vast majority of their constituents are middle-class or low-income people. How do you go to the middle class and the low-income people and sell them on the fact that, no, we shouldn't tax the ultra-rich? They're going to have a tough time fucking doing that. It's just not going to be easy. So for all intents and purposes, they may be able to pass this bill. And uh, if they pass this bill with just like Jeffrey Bezos, if this bill passes, Bezos has to pay... $30 billion. That's how much money he has. That's the tax he has to pay. So we're talking potentially hundreds of billions of dollars back into the system because rich people have to pay their fair share. That will do a lot of good for this country and help out a lot of people and help fund different bills like the Build Back Better or some other bills, child tax credit, whatever the fuck it is. If these people simply paid their fair share, We could do a lot more for the people. Now, of course, the Republicans and the rich people don't like that. They'd rather have us penniless and in debt and have them reap the benefits of all the money. It's been like that for decades. And you can try to blame the Republicans for this, but there have been many years with the Democrats in power, and it's been the same. Nobody's tried to change it until now until Joe Biden comes up with this idea of taxing them at 20%. And let's be honest, that's not fucking outrageous. If you told me that every bit of income I make, I'd be charged 20%, I'd be fucking ecstatic because I'm paying more like 30%. So to get it down to 20%, that would be a fucking hell of a deal. So they're not asking any more from these people than what's fair. There's no reason in the world somebody making a billion dollars a year or 500 million dollars a year should pay less taxes than you and I. It just makes no sense. It's just about them gaming the system and doing what they can do because they're rich and they have power and they have influence over the people in Congress and the Senate. That's got to stop. That's got to change. And the only one to suggest that is Joe Biden. It wasn't any of the other Democrats. It wasn't any of the Republicans. It wasn't previous president. It's Joe Biden. Now, the funny fucking thing about it is we've got a great economy. We've got a a low, low unemployment. We've got the stock market doing well. Uh, We've got uh, ourselves out of Afghanistan. And still his poll standing is very low. People are unsure about how he's handling Ukraine. Well, let me tell you something. No president could have handled this Ukrainian situation any better. And when it's done and when it's over, people will realize how valuable what Joe Biden has done in the Ukraine-Russia war. But still people are saying, but gas prices are high. Well, I don't know how many times I have to tell people this. I tell people on the street. I tell people in my family and friends The president has no bearing on the price of gas. It's about supply and demand. It's about situations in uh, geopolitical things like the Ukraine-Russia war. Joe Biden can't do much about it. But here's the thing. The oil prices are coming down some. Joe is doing certain things to try to help alleviate the pressure and pain. One of the things he wanted to do was take all the federal tax off of it for a period of time to drop the price. Guess what? The Republicans who bitch about the gas prices more than anybody were against doing that. They they want problems while Joe Biden's in office so they can use it against him. They have no thought about helping and making it easier for the general public. That's never been their goal. And that's why I'm always amazed by how they get any votes at all. They don't work for the people. They don't do anything for the people. But yet these fucking people will live and die by Republicans because they've always been Republicans. Do they not fucking read? Do they not listen? Do they not see, can they not see it in their lives day to day when they're living paycheck to paycheck because of Republican policies? Because we're giving money to rich people. You won't see the Republicans want to tax the rich people. No, they want to give them more money. Because somehow in their mind, they think that'll make the economy better. But in their mind, they know better than that. It's not going to make the economy better. All it's going to do is make the economy better for congressmen and senators by putting money in their pockets. And unfortunately, that's all they give a shit about. So Joe Biden wants to enact this new tax law. It's not quite an income tax law because a lot of the stuff that they want to tax isn't technically income because of the games that the rich people play and the loopholes they exploit. So they have to arrange it a little differently and explain it differently. But the bottom line is whatever it takes to make it fair, it needs to be done. There's a lot of money being held by the rich people that could be into the country doing some good, helping us to pay our bills, pay our debt down, or do things for the middle class or the low-income people, or even the tax, uh, child tax credit. Those things should be done. I mentioned this before about the... Uh, child tax credit. Now, I have no kids underage, so I really have no dog in this fight. My son has um, two kids, but he has a good job and more than enough money to pay. He isn't struggling at all. I'm not worried about him. But when they enacted that child tax credit, um, it pulled 50% of children in poverty out of poverty. And then when the uh, Build Back Better bill didn't pass by, be, because of Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema and the Republicans, well, they took that child tax credit away. And those kids that were pulled out of poverty were put back into fucking poverty. And do the Republicans care? Does Joe Manchin or Christian Cinema care? Fuck no, they don't care. All they care about is their rich friends getting money. I mean, Joe Manchin right now is against green energy and all this sort of shit. But he gets money from coal mining. Where he comes from, coal mining's a big thing. And I understand that you want to represent the people of your state. <clears throat> but here you are a guy on the, I think he's the chairman of the Energy Commission. And he's pushing for coal. Well, the last thing we should be pushing for is coal in this country. We've got climate issues. And coal is old type of energy. We need to bring in new energy, and of course he's against it. Why? Because he's profiting from it. His son owns a coal company, and he pays his mom and dad a million dollars a year. For what reason, we don't know whether they're invested. But the bottom line is the fact that uh, Joe Manchin is chairman of the Energy Commission, and he's getting a million dollars a year from a uh, coal mining company, Of a fucking conflict of interest. And of course, he doesn't want green energy. Of course, he doesn't want to give money back to the middle class. He'd rather give it to his big shots with all the money so he can, in turn, get more money and have a $750,000 houseboat on the Potomac and a $200,000 Maserati to drive to work. It's really disgusting watching these people and the things they do. They have no they have no decency in them. They can watch people struggling, not being able to afford uh, health care. People live in paycheck to paycheck, and they just live like fucking pigs. I have a big problem with them. You should, too. And that's one of the things, one of many things we need to change. And the only thing we can do to change this shit... Talk loud, talk proud, keep talking, keep pushing, keep the pressure on, keep public opinion going against these people, because that's about the only thing we can do to change anything in this country. If they know we're mad and we know all the facts, they have a problem, because it's going to cost them in the elections. So we need to keep talking loud. Speaking of loud talkers, speaking of loud dumbfuck talkers, let's talk about Donald Trump. So Donald Trump brought his dog and pony show to Georgia a day or two ago. At best, his rant was incoherent, deceitful, and just fucking stupid. Well, that's because Donald Trump is just fucking stupid. Of course, he bragged about the size of the crowd. He suggested that there were 25,000 to 35,000 people attending. He would look out and he'd say, you could see people as far as you could see, which was an absolute and utter fucking lie. There was some independent news people out there reporting as they do and as they have for every. Uh, rally that Donald Trump has had since 2015. And what they are saying is that in fact it wasn't 25 or 35,000 people. It was more like 5,000 people. And even more over than that, it was probably the smallest rally that they've ever seen Donald Trump have. Now, this is in Georgia right in the middle of red country. I know we've got two blue senators, and thank God for that. And maybe there are some changes going on in Georgia. The reason he went to Georgia is because there's some primaries coming up, and he wants his support to help some of his Republican Trump-le-fuck pieces of shit win their primaries. It's not going to help because Donald Trump hasn't been much help for candidates as of late. Now, as much as these people rant And they want you to believe that the Trump train is strong as ever. They'll tell you, oh, it was a big crowd, the hugest crowd ever. But it wasn't. It was 5,000 people, the smallest crowd ever. But they'll rant and rave and gaslight you and try to make you believe. But it's completely untrue. This was not the Trump train. This was actually more of a Trump radio flyer wagon because it's tiny. But this is what they do. This is how they act. They are in your face, ranting and raving, lying, trying to uh, gaslight you. Trump is losing support every day. And why wouldn't he? He gets portrayed as a fucking joke every day. And at least by... uh, by attrition, he's going to be losing people because they're just going to get tired of the same old bullshit, begging for money, getting nothing in return. Slowly but surely, people are being grifted, and they are realizing it, and they're pulling away from Donald Trump. Now, I know people are very concerned about him running for election in 2024, and I've told you many times that's not going to happen. He's not going to run, and there are a number of reasons for it. Legally speaking, he may not be allowed to run. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that one. But by the time 2024 comes along, the Republicans won't want him to run. They won't want him to be the candidate. And the reason is, is exactly what's going on now. More and more things are coming out. The support for Donald Trump is waning. And by the time we get to 2024, it's going to be virtually gone. Between now and 2024, there's going to be all kinds of information coming out. He may be indicted. If nothing else, the people around him will be indicted. The bottom line will come out. All the information about the insurrection and his ties to that situation will be out by then. People will be able to make some choices based on some facts. Now, I know a lot of Republicans, you will say, don't listen to mainstream media. They only listen to Fox, and that is true. But even that group is starting to get smaller. If you were to look at Donald Trump's base right now, it's about 30%. And that's a lot of people, a lot of dumb motherfuckers that are amazing that there's that many people. But even still, that's not enough people to win an election. I mean, let's face it. Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden in 2020 by 7 million votes. For some, for some reason, people are scared about 2024 because they're thinking he could win that one. Well, these same people told me and you and everybody else that he was going to win in 2020. He didn't get close. He got beat soundly in votes and in the Electoral College. Do you really think between now and 2024 that's going to get better for him? That he's going to gain ground? I mean, if he started at zero in 2020 when he lost by 7 million votes, he had to gain a lot of followers and a lot of voters to even be close in 2024. Since 2020, with all that's going on and all the information that's coming out, do you think he's gaining voters? No, he's not. He's losing voters. And by the time 2024 comes along, there's going to be a few problems for him in terms of running for president. First of all, he may be le- have legal problems that forces him not to ever run again. That's conceivable. But as his support wanes and be- as he becomes less valuable to the Republican Party, they're just going to toss him aside like yesterday's garbage because he's of no use to them. To be honest, they're probably waiting for that moment when they can do it. All he does is embarrass and cause problems for the Republican Party. He divides the Republican Party. And that's the other thing. As we come up to 2022, everybody's thinking the Republicans are going to win the House and the Senate. But there's all kinds of problems with that, too. We've got one faction of people that are trying to be normal Republicans and another faction that are trying to be the crazy trump assholes. Now, all you have to do is split that party apart and they become way weaker, way weaker. You get a bunch of crazy people, Trump the fucks, that are running for certain offices. These normal people aren't going to vote for them. The Democrats are not going to vote for them, and they're going to lose the races. So to think the Republicans are actually going to take control in 2022 in November, I find that hard to believe. There's too much erosion going on with the Republican Party in support, and there's too much division between the two sides. All of a sudden, the Republicans appear to be a two-party group, and each of them weaker than the Democrats. All you have to do is look at the rallies with Donald Trump and see that the support and the attendance is waning. And that should tell you what we're looking at when it comes to be November of this year. But even more importantly, November of 2024. There'll be a Republican running. It'll be interesting to see who it is, but I'll guarantee you, it will not be Donald Trump. The Republicans won't want him, and he may not legally be able to run for office. So please do not worry about 2024. Donald Trump will not be in the fucking mix. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast for yet another day. I want to thank you very much for spending the time to listen Again, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, you can send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave me a voicemail. And I'll try to read all your comments. I really like reading the emails. Even those people who send words (laughs) that I feel a little uncomfortable saying. But thank you, Christina. I appreciate that. And Rebecca. (laughs) If <laughs> you can say that, you're a woman. I can't say it because my wife will have me in a headlock and knocked to the ground. And I'm worried about offending people in the audience. Not everybody who watches me on TikTok are people I like. But everybody who listens to the Rational Boomer podcast, I like them. I love them. They're part of my family, essentially. So I don't want to do anything to step on their toes or make them angry or make them feel offended. And I won't do that. All right. You have a great day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.